Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another Technology Bradcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Thanks for joining me on this Technology Bradcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about incident response plans. Now, these are the plans that govern what your company does and how it does it if your company experiences a security incident. These are the plans and the policies and procedures that are considered ahead of time and implemented when really bad things go down in your company. And they are important. Your company needs to have this kind of a plan. And if it doesn't, then you're asking for trouble. Trouble that can otherwise easily be avoided. So here's the deal. You're in the cybersecurity business. Even if you're not providing pen testing or a SIM solution to your clients, you're in the cybersecurity business. And you know who your biggest client is? Your company. You owe a duty to your company and to your company's clients to make sure that your company is both physically and virtually secure. Now, you can have the greatest physical and virtual security system, but the odds are you're going to suffer a security incident. Something eventually is going to break through your defenses. And even if you're doing things using the best practices, something will happen because, by definition, malware solutions are defensive, not offensive. And when it happens, you're going to freak out. Who wouldn't? Think about it. You arrive at work and find out that a vulnerability in an integration tool was used to hack your client's endpoints. They're all crypto locked. Now what? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what you don't do. You don't take that opportunity to come up with, for the first time, an incident response plan. You're panicked. You're confused. You have clients calling, and they're freaked out. You may even have the media calling. That is not the time to say, gee, I never considered that this could happen to us. How should we handle this? You should have considered this and planned for the worst in advance. And that's where an incident response plan comes in. So, where is your incident response plan? Do you even have one? If you do, you're not quite out of the woods just yet. I want to know how often it's tested. And by testing, I, I don't mean you sit there and you read it. I mean, do you actually have a day when you implement your test and your, and your incident response plan to make sure everyone knows their roles and responsibilities? Now, most of you don't have incident response plans. The ones, you know, the, those of you out there who say, yeah, we have a plan. Newsflash, it probably sucks. So as you sit down and you're trying to figure out what a good plan should look like, think about the following. How often are your company's security defenses tested? I'm talking both physical and virtual. How is a breach detected and who is alerted when a breach occurs? Who in your company is specifically designated to investigate a suspected breach? You don't want to spread responsibility so thin that no one takes responsibility. Designate someone specifically. And along those lines, which employees in your company are members of your company's Computer Emergency Response Team, or CERT? Do you even have a CERT? Here's a hint. Make sure your CERT consists of people at the C-level, right? CEO, CFO, who have decision-making powers. You also want someone at the IT level who can provide competent technical advice and your counsel. Yes, lawyers. Why lawyers? Why do we want lawyers on a CERT team? 
I'm going to answer that question with a few other questions like this. When must you notify the authorities of an actual or suspected breach? On the flip side, when do you not have to notify them? When should you notify customers of a suspected or actual breach? And again, on the flip side, when do you not have to notify your customers? Here's the thing. You don't always have to notify the authorities or your customers. It depends on the type and scope of breach, and it depends on the law of the state. Which law do you follow? The law of the state where the company is? Where your data was stored? Where your customers are located? How do you even retain the services of a forensic team and ensure confidentiality? You don't know the answers to these questions, but your lawyer will, which is why you need a lawyer on your cert team. Now, this is what I want you to do right now, today. First, get an audit of your stuff. Understand what policies you have in place. Understand what physical and virtual security you have implemented in your company. Get a real good understanding of what you have. Next, I want you to create an incident response plan. If you don't know how to write one, call counsel, but get it in place. Third, I want you to make sure that your master service agreement, something we're going to be talking about a lot over the course of the future broadcasts, I want to make sure that your master service agreement protects your company from exactly this kind of incident and the liability that follows. Fourth, Armed with all this stuff, look into insurance. There are a lot of great plans. They're not that expensive, relatively speaking. Get insured against this type of thing. And fifth, once you have a plan, test it and retest it. A plan that's never been tested is a plan that could fail. And you don't want to fail when things go wrong. My final bit of advice, don't panic. Never, ever panic. Get a plan in place and you won't. Now, if you have any questions or you want my law firm to review or write your company's incident response plan, or if you want us to be the go-to counsel on your CERT team, contact us at info at bradleygross.com or contact us through our website at www.bradleygross.com. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next Technology Bradcast.